Look with me in the book of Ecclesiastes tonight. <clears throat> right after the book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes. It's good to see everybody this evening. Thank you for being here. Uh, I failed to mention in prayer, uh, y'all remember my mom in your prayer. She was diagnosed 11 years ago with uh, MS, and uh, she's done real good with it the last several years, but she had about the worst week she ever had last week, and uh, she uh, was doing steroid treatments this week, and uh, she's had to do them before, and that's about all they can do for MS is just pump them full of steroids to uh, get them over some of it, and she's always done a, a three-day treatment, but this time she did a five-day treatment, and uh, she's doing five days this week, a 1,000 milligrams a day. Uh, and it just drives her crazy. It helps, but it drives her crazy. So y'all remember her, if you would, in your prayers. It's just good to be in the Lord's house. It is good to be here among the Lord's people. In his word, he's just so good. He's faithful to us. And I tell you, we have a lot of reason to be here tonight. We have a lot of reason to praise him. We have a lot of reason to thank him. Uh, Ecclesiastes 7. I want to read two verses. Ecclesiastes 7. In verse 13, consider the work of God, for who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful, but in the day of adversity, consider. God also hath set the one over against the other, to the end that man should find nothing after him. The Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Give us understanding of tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In verse 14, he said, In the day of prosperity, be joyful, but in the day of adversity, consider. And that's what I want to talk to you uh, about tonight, is consider the suffering. Adversity simply means suffering there. Uh, we know this is King Solomon at the end of his life writing this. And uh, King Solomon knew a lot about suffering. He knew a lot about adversity. He knew uh, a lot. He was full of wisdom, and at the end of the days of his life, he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, give us a lot of wisdom. Ecclesiastes is a great book, but we also know Solomon made a lot of mistakes, and, he, and he's writing a lot of this after he made those mistakes. Uh, but he said in verse 13, he said, consider the work of God. And that word consider there is the same word used again in, in 14, uh, and it means to think about. It means to examine. And sometimes as God's people, we need to examine the, the work of God. We need to sit back and look and think about and examine the things that God is doing around us. If you would just stop what you're doing for a little while in your life, you will see the work of God around you. Sometimes we get so busy, we don't even recognize His work around us. We don't even realize what He's doing uh, in our midst and in our presence. But friend, there's one thing for certain, God is working all the time. When we're in the bed of sleep, God is awake and He's working. And He's working around us all the time. And it is important for us to consider sometimes the work of God around us. But He goes into uh, verse 14. He said, In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider. Then he said, God also has set the one over against the other. And I thought about that phrase, that he set the one over against the other. And he talks about the day of prosperity and then the day of adversity. 
And we've all had plenty of days of prosperity, and then we've had plenty of days of adversity. And he says there that God has set the one over against the other. And I thought about the relationship between the day of prosperity and the day of adversity. And one man said that they are both, both of these days are by the appointment of God and are set in their proper place and come in their proper time, succeed each other and answer to one another as day and night, summer and winter, and work together for the good of men. The the day of prosperity and the day of adversity is together. It's like day and night. They are related to one another. Even though they're opposite, day and night is opposite, but they relate one to another. Because when the daytime is over with, here comes the night. They're related together. And friend, if you have not lived life long enough, you know that the day of prosperity and the day of adversity is related to one another. Because one day you'll have that day of prosperity and the very next day you'll have that day of adversity. They work together. We've all had both days. I wish that we could get in the day of prosperity and stay there and just get on cruise control until we get to glory land, but that doesn't work that way. In reality is, one day you may have prosperity and the very next day you may face as much adversity as you've ever experienced in all of your life. Now, adversity simply means to suffer. It means to experience evil. And it's amazing to me how one day you can be on top of the world and one day you can have the the world by the tail, if you will, and before you know it, the world has you by the neck and, and you're about to choke to death. It's amazing how everything can change so fast because you're in the day of prosperity then at a snap of a finger, at the, the ring of a phone, Everything can change. And I'm talking about it can change fast. And man, we can be on top of the mountain shouting and celebrating, and then we can be at the ER crying and weeping and wailing. It changes fast, but the reality of it is there is suffering. And notice what he said here. He said in the the day of prosperity, be joyful. We need to celebrate in the good days. And every day that you have those good days, you better thank the good Lord for those good days. Don't take them for granted. Because sometimes they may not come very often. So don't take those good days for granted. But notice what he said. But in the day of adversity, consider. Uh, Solomon said under the inspiration of God, consider the suffering. Think about the suffering. Think about the suffering that we experience. Now everybody knows adversity. We've all experienced suffering. We've all experienced evil. Now there's three realms, if you will, three aspects of suffering. There's suffering in the physical realm, the mental realm, and uh, the suffering in the spiritual realm. And we've all experienced the physical. Some of us may have experienced the mental, and I'm sure we've all experienced the spiritual uh, side of suffering. It means to experience evil. If you've never experienced evil, hold on, because you will. It's coming. Uh, we, We face it physically. We face it mentally. We face it spiritually. We are going to go through suffering. We are going to go through adversity. He said, think about it. Let's examine the suffering that we go through. And and that's my desire tonight, and and that's what Solomon said. Stop and let's think about the suffering around us. Let's think about the suffering that we go through. And number one, I want to ask the question, why is there suffering tonight? Have you ever just thought about why is there all of this suffering? If you don't know what suffering is, turn on the news. 
Turn to Fox News. Turn to a news channel and you'll see plenty of suffering. There's a lot of evil going on in this whole world. There's a lot of suffering going on in our families, in our, in our friends. There's suffering everywhere around us. And number one, the reason they're suffering is, number one, we live in a fallen, sinful world. I want you to understand the world in which we live. There's a curse upon this nation. There's a curse upon this land. There's a curse upon us. And it's called sin. And as long as there's sin, there's always going to be cancer. As long as there's sin, there's always going to be sickness. As long as there's sin, there's always going to be death. And there's going to be tragedies. And a lot of people, we get so worked up over some of these things, but friend, the reality of it is, we live in a curse-stricken world that is full of sin. And hey, I wish and I pray that there's a cure for cancer, but if it's not cancer, it's going to be something else. Because that's the world in which we live. There's a curse on this world. And it's not going to get any better till the King of kings and the Lord of lords comes back and cleans this old earth up. And He takes away the curse of this old world. Why do we go through the suffering? We can blame it on Adam. <laughs> we can blame it on him. God made Adam and Eve in the garden. It was perfect. They worked in the garden and it was a perfect work. They never sweated. Boy, wasn't that awesome. <laughs> wasn't like South Arkansas, huh? Never sweated. No fire ants. No thorns. No thistles. It was a good, pleasant work. But the very day, the very moment that they turned their back against God, of that very moment, a curse fell upon this world. And God said, now the work is going to be full of thorns and thistles and by the sweat of your brow. Now it's going to be tough. And the reason that it's so tough it's because of Adam and Eve. It's because of sin. It's because of the curse that's upon us. Look with me in Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to flip, uh, flip around a little bit and, uh, and look at some reasons why we experience suffering. Because so many times, especially when we go through tragedies, the first question is, why, God? Why? Why am I going through this? Why, why am I experiencing this? Why, why is somebody else? And, and I want, I want to say this. Nobody is exempt from suffering. Well, I'm saved. Well, it don't matter. You can still suffer. Well, man, I've been faithful to God. Well, it doesn't matter. You can still suffer because that's the world in which we live. We live in this curse-stricken world. But number two, the reason for suffering, notice Galatians 6 and verse 7. He said, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Number two, the reason they're suffering is because we reap what we sow. There is consequences to our decisions. And there is consequences to sin. And we will reap what we sow. And there are times that we suffer from the decisions that we've made in our life. There are some people that have to suffer sometimes for the rest of their life because they made bad decisions. And they're reaping what they sow. And if you put in good, you'll get good back. If you put in bad, you're going to get bad back. There are times that we suffer because we've made bad decisions. There are times that we suffer because we have to reap what we sow. Let me tell you something. The United States is going to continue to suffer. We're going to continue to see evil and we're going to continue to see the pestilence and the earthquakes and all the, all the natural disaster. We're going to see all this 
Because our nation's going to reap what they sow. I remember the very day the Supreme Court uh, come out and they said they, they redefine, you can't redefine what God's already defined. They didn't redefine marriage, okay? But they put their own little uh, spin to marriage. But marriage is still between a man and a woman, okay? And it will always be that way. But in that very day, I thought, Lord, have mercy on this nation. Lord, have, have mercy on this nation. A lot of people say, well, does that mean Jesus is coming back? I said, well, not necessarily. But in my opinion, that means that we're going to have to pay. We're going to be judged. And let me tell you something. We're going to answer for that. <laughs> we're already answering for that. And this nation will continue to answer for us turning our back against God. And the reason you see so much suffering in our nation and you see the budget and you see everything in our nation falling to pieces is because we are reaping what we have sown. We have sown as, as a whole, a nation, we have sown evil seed. So we're getting evil back. Man, there's consequences to turning your back on God. There's consequences to sin. Now look in Hebrews chapter 12. Are you all with me tonight? Hebrews 12. Why is there suffering? Well, there's a curse. Number two, we're going to reap what we sow. But notice this other one here in Hebrews 12. In verse 6. I think I mentioned this verse last week. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. I want you to understand that as a child of God, when we disobey God, we will and can experience suffering. And the Bible says right here, for whom the Lord loveth. And we talked about this the other day. But our Heavenly Father disciplines us when we are disobedient to Him. And there are times in our life that we have to uh, go through this suffering because we have been disobedient to the Lord. And we are His. And a lot of times people say, well, I wish God would leave me alone. Friend, once you get saved, God's never going to leave you alone. And I'm glad that Holy Spirit never left me alone. When I turned my back on God, God never turned His back on me. And that Holy Spirit continued, I'll be honest, to make my life miserable. I was miserable when I lived in sin. And He continued to chasten me like my earthly father would, my heavenly father, chasten me for the sole purpose to discipline me and show me that I wasn't living right, and I needed to get back to where I needed to be. There are times that we will suffer because we've been disobedient to God. And let me tell you something. Here's the problem. We see our lost friends and our lost family living like the devil, and they're not paying for anything. And we get mad and we get upset, and it's amazing how they can go out there and they can party and do everything, and it seems like they're on top of the world. I believe the psalmist Asaph talked about that. He, he looked out and he seen the prosperity of the wicked. He seen the wicked living it up and it seemed like they didn't have to pay for it. But then he said when he went into the sanctuary of God, he said, then I understood their end. He said, I understood that one day God's going to judge them. And they're going to have to answer for that. Let me tell you why we go through suffering sometimes. Because God is not going to let us live a life of disobedience. And He simply allowing us to go through this suffering to get our attention. You've been there and I've been there. We've all been there. When we've been disobedient to God, He allowed something in our life to get our attention to drive us back to Him. Brother Jeff, we heard that preacher last night saying, I loved it. 
the worst thing that we can do when suffering goes on is go away from God. He says the sole purpose of it is for that to drive us back to God. This suffering we go through should drive us back to God. Second Timothy chapter 3. Won't you notice another reason? I'm sure y'all have asked before. I've asked before, God, why? God, why am I going through this? God, why am I going through this? And, and these things here, uh, these answers and these reasons might be one of the reasons that we're going through these things. Second Timothy 3 and 12. It says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Sometimes we're going to have to suffer simply because of our belief in Jesus Christ. Sometimes we may have to suffer because of our belief and our love for Jesus Christ. No, I'm glad right now in the United States we don't really know what suffering and persecution of being a child of God is all about. But, friend, that day's coming. You know that and I know that. But we've heard stories in Africa. We've heard stories in China and all these other countries of all the things that Christians go through. Uh, think about what ISIS is putting Christians through over there. They're beheading every Christian they can find. And, friend, it, it's pitiful and there's so much suffering at times and places simply because somebody is following Jesus Christ. And there's going to be days that you may experience in your life where you're going to suffer simply because you love Jesus. Simply because you're making a stand for Him. And you're making a stand for thus saith the Lord. Sometimes you're going to lose in, in according to this world. Sometimes you're going to go through persecution simply because you're standing behind the Lord. Let me tell you something. I know sometimes we think, boy, that's hard, that's rough. But think about what Jesus went through for us. Think about what He endured for you and for me. He went through a lot of persecution so that I, so that I could be saved. Let me tell you something. Jesus didn't have to do any of that. You know why? Because He didn't deserve any of it. I deserved every bit of it. And a lot of times I think, well, why do I have to suffer? You know, when we get the poor me complex sometimes, well, you know, I'm just trying to do the right thing. Well, friends, sometimes doing the right thing, you're going to suffer because of it, because of the world in which we live. But let me tell you something. Jesus is faithful. You may suffer for Him, but your reward will be great in heaven. You may lose on this side for it, but you'll gain on the other side. And those things we get on the other side is going to last for all of eternity. Think about it. When you go through things, when you go through suffering, why am I going through this? Sometimes we suffer because of our faith in Jesus. Look in John 9. John 9. Y'all still with me? I think we've all been in some of these places, hadn't we? We've experienced suffering for all of these reasons sometimes. Look at John 9, and it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible of the man born blind. Notice verse 1, And Jesus passed by, and he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest. I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Notice what he said in verse 3. The disciples came to Him and said, Lord, who, who did sin, this man or his parents? He said, Neither one of them have sinned. 
but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Sometimes we suffer simply for his honor and his glory. So that the suffering that we go through, Jesus Christ can get honor and glory. The disciple said, who did sin, this man or his parents? This man was born blind. Surely, Lord, somebody messed up. Surely they're paying for something. You ever, when you go through something, you think, well, what have I done wrong? <laughs> and you start searching your life. Is there sin in my life? Is, there, is that the reason I'm going through that? And we need to do that. We need to examine. That's why he's saying examine the suffering. Consider the suffering. Why are we going through this? Lord, have I done something? We need to allow suffering to put us in a position where we check our heart and our relationship with Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, there's going to be days that you suffer and I suffer simply for the sole purpose so that somebody can see Jesus through us. He said, no man suffered, or no man sinned. He said, they're going through this simply so that I can get honor and glory. Y'all know the rest of the story. He healed this man. He spit on the, on the clay and he rubbed it. He put it on his eyes. He said, go wash it off. And the man came forth seeing. Boy, isn't that awesome. God is awesome. And he used the suffering of this man, the suffering of this family, so that his will and his name could be glorified and honored. And let me tell you something. There was a lot of people seeing who Jesus was through that suffering that that family went through. Do you realize that some things happen for the sole purpose for Jesus to get honor and glory? And if us as God's people do our job, during our suffering, and we place our faith and trust in the Lord, let me tell you something. Jesus is going to get honored and glorified. How many times have you seen tragedies? How many times have you seen things and you said, God, why? But through those tragedies, God begins to save people. God begins to do things. And people see Him through these things that they've never seen the Lord before. But it was through that suffering that people seen the Lord. Let me tell you something, I've seen funerals of kids. I preached, probably the worst one I ever preached was a seven-year-old kid that died in a car wreck. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. I probably led 12 to 15 people to the Lord through that tragedy. That's awful, but friend, God got honor and glory through that situation. And there are times that we suffer for the sole purpose that Jesus can get honor and glory. Let me tell you something, if you're suffering, if you're going through a trial, if you're going through adversity, remember... Give God the honor and the glory. If Every time I go to the hospital and I pray for somebody, Lord, I pray that every nurse, every doctor that enters into, that, into this room will see you through this patient. Let me tell you something. If you're, if you're suffering and you're in the hospital, give God the honor and glory. There may be a nurse there that God puts you there for. There may be a doctor or, or, or an aide, somebody there that God puts you. You have no idea what God is doing. But give Him honor and glory during your suffering. Let me tell you something. God knows what He's doing. He knows what He's doing. So how is it tonight, and I'm going to be done, I won't take long on this, how do I handle my suffering? First off, I think, why am I going through this? Well, it could just be the curse that I'm under. It could just be that I'm reaping what I've sown. Maybe I may be suffering because of my disobedience. I may be suffering because of my faith. I may be suffering simply for His honor and glory. How do I handle it? And I'm going to be honest. Sometimes we don't handle suffering very well. I don't. And I get up here in front of y'all and I say, when everything goes bad, y'all have faith. <laughs> well, that's easy for me to point my finger at y'all, but it's hard when everything falls to pieces and it's hard. When my kids are down and everything's going wrong with that, it's hard. 
to have faith and trust the Lord. How many times do we get in this suffering and we just don't understand and we just don't know what God is doing and we just, this is one thing we need to understand. And I love Isaiah 55. He said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As a child of God, we must understand that the plan of God is a perfect plan. And God knows exactly what he's doing. And though we may question and though we may wonder, you remember this, he's still on his throne and he knows what's going on and he knows what he's doing. You say, preacher, I don't understand. You know why you don't understand? Because his way is higher than your way. His thought is higher than your thought tonight. And I know that some of the things we go through, we think, Lord, why? Why are we doing this? Lord, do you know what you're doing? Rest assured, God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. I'll never forget uh, a year or two ago, Miss Ellen Cartwright, a woman in Wells, Texas, she went to the Southern Baptist Church there in town. Her oldest son went to church with us. I loved him to death. Uh, but right before she died, she died about a year ago, she buried two grandkids. She buried all three of her kids, and she buried her husband. And uh, the last one to go was her oldest son. He was 50-something years old, died of a massive heart attack. And I loved the family. Uh, Miss Ellen and Brother Floyd, her husband, just awesome people. He was a deacon in that church. He died a couple years before the son did. And when Ronnie died, I was there with his wife and kids. And I went on down the street to where his mama lived. And I went in there, and she was just weeping and wailing. Three kids, two grandkids and a husband. I said, Miss Ellen, I'm so sorry. And she just smiled, and she said, Preacher, she said, I don't understand, but I don't have to because my faith's in the Lord. She said, but there's coming a day that I'm going to sit before my Savior and I'm going to understand it all. And she said, and I'm going to be okay with it. <laughs> I felt horrible. Because <laughs> my faith, I don't know if my faith would hold up like that, but I pray, it, I pray it would if I'm ever in that situation. But what great faith in the Lord. She said, I don't have to understand it, but there's coming a day that I'm going to understand it and I'm going to be okay with it friend God knows what he's doing the Lord knows what he's doing he's in control he's on his throne he knows what he's doing number two how do I handle my suffering we need to continue our walk with the Lord I just said it don't let a trial drive you away from God don't let suffering drive you away how many people are out of church now trying to get their life together you don't get out of church to get your life together you get in church to get your life together. You get closer to God. You pray more. You read your Bible more when suffering goes on in your life. Job went through more suffering than you and me together would ever, can ever imagine what a man would go through. And this man said, Though he slay me, yet I will trust him, but I will maintain my ways before him. Man, that's awesome. He said, Hey, I'm going through it all, but I'm going to maintain my ways. And I'm going to stay faithful. How do I handle my suffering? We don't turn our back against the Lord. We keep on serving Him and we remain faithful to Him. Friend, God's going to pull us through. Job, he stayed with the Lord, didn't he? He stayed with Him and He stayed with Him and God blessed him. God blessed him. He multiplied everything. He multiplied, He doubled everything, all the animals, everything He had. 
The only thing he didn't double, what we see, is he didn't double the amount of children. Wasn't it ten kids he had, seven sons, three daughters? Ain't that right? But at the end, he gave him the same thing back. And I often wondered about that. I said, you know what? He doubled his animals. He doubled the land. He doubled everything but his children. Then I thought about it. I said, well, he still had his children because his children was in heaven. And so he really did double his children. God's awesome. You maintain your ways before him, and God's going to see you through, and God's going to bless you through this. We're going to end in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 1 and 7. Consider the suffering. Consider what God's trying to do in your life. Consider where God is trying to get us to in our life. I'm going to use Miss Frances as an example because she's somebody everybody respects. We think about her knowledge in the Bible. We think about her faith. My goodness, boy, she's got it going on. And I often think about those people God placed in our life, the older ones that are so faithful. And regardless of what goes on, they're here, they're faithful, they're sold out, they're solid. We see the young couple scattering when everything gets bad, and these older ones, they just get more faithful. I mean, we're thinking, what in the world is going on? But they have gone through so much in their life. Like Miss Frances, 94. She's gone through it. And through all of those trials, instead of allowing those trials to break her, she's allowed those trials to make her and mold her into the vessel that God wants her to be. And you look at somebody that's so solid in the faith and solid in the Lord, and says, when the boat rocks, everybody takes off, but they're still there. Why? Because they've gone through so much. And they know that no matter how bad it is, God's faithful. And God's going to bless. Notice what he said in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, this trial you're going through, the suffering we go through, it is to mold us and make us. Let me tell you something. He is the potter and we are the clay. And He's allowing these trials and these fires we go through to mold us and make us into the vessels of honor that will bring Him honor and glory. And the sole purpose is for people to see Him through us. Do you know why Miss Frances hadn't thrown in the towel? Do you know why Miss Martha's still sitting here? Do you know why Brother Norman's still here? And I'm sure every one of y'all thought about quitting. I'm sure every one of you thought about turning your back against the Lord at one time in your life. But y'all have gone through enough trials in your life to know that God is faithful to His Word. He's faithful to those who believe in Him and maintain their ways before Him. And I'm going to tell you something. My generation, we have a bad habit of turning our back so quick on God. But friend, let me tell you something. We've got to stick with it. Because God is using this to make us and mold us. Promised Land Church, we're going to go through problems. And we can let those problems make us or break us. I say, let's let it make us. <laughs> I say, let's, let's let it make us. You know, some of the closest relationships that I have well, some people, and some of the people that I'm cl the closest with, I've gone through some hard times with. But it's those hard times God used to mold us, to get us closer together. As a church, <laughs> y'all know, y'all been through problems. 
And y'all allowed those things to make you. And it allowed those things to bring y'all closer together. When things go bad, we don't start turning our back. We don't start running. We stick it out. And we put our faith and trust in the Lord because God's going to work it out. He's going to see us through. And just understand, God knows what He's doing. And He's trying to make us and break it. Let me tell you something. I'm not what I was yesterday. And good Lord willing, I'm going to be better tomorrow. But sometimes He's got to use some of that suffering to grow me and mature me. I've made a lot of dumb mistakes in my ministry, and I'm, y'all going to see me make a lot more probably. But it's through those times that I got closer with the Lord. It's through that suffering that I learned the most as a pastor and a preacher and a child of God. Friend, allow that suffering. Consider the suffering while we're going through it. And then allow that suffering to bring us closer to our relationship with the Lord. Do y'all have anything to add to this? Any discussion?